Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to the show. How many decisions have you made today? Well, it's only early for me, but maybe you've made more because you're listening later. But whatever it is, we make decisions daily. Now, your decisions may be simple, easy ones like, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? Or, what am I going to do? Am I going to go buy that outfit today? How am I going to handle the children today? What will I be doing? Should they go to school? We have all range of decisions to make in our life. Some of them are more difficult. Some of them are easy. But, How confident are you and comfortable in making decisions? Well, decisions pretty well shape our lives, don't they? (laughs) Yes, they do. From the serious ones, which can change our lives forever, to the simple ones. Well, our guest today has some valuable information. She has awesome input that you and I are going to be able to implement into our lives. We're going to know how we can stop the worry. I don't know if you worry about some of your decisions, but I do. You know, I make a decision. I'm a pretty quick decision maker. But then sometimes I I wonder about that. Was that a right decision to make? So we're going to learn about worry and how to handle those doubts. Because Ann Tucker is our guest today. And she is an effective and recognized speaker who has addressed audiences all around the world on topics of leadership, personal transformation, decision making, and the psychology of doubt. She is the founder of Wisdom Soup, an online social learning community that speeds up serendipity by connecting people with seminar interests in spirituality and personal growth. Now, decision-making has been the ongoing focus of Anne's 20-year career, during which she has worked with some of the most influential business leaders of our time. She developed her methodology for understanding decision-making by soul type during her years as the co-founder of Gray Matter Partners, a leadership development firm based in Seattle, Washington, where she worked with, with senior executives and others, teaching a coaching process that one client referred to as a awakening. So I'm pretty anxious to start this conversation with Anne so she could share her wisdom that I want to know what kind of 
decision maker I am, which we may do later in the hour as well. So welcome very, oh, and I want to say that, that Anne has also authored a book that we, we will be talking about today, The Undoubtable Awesome, Undoubtably, un, uh, okay, Anne, Undoubtably Awesome is the title of the book, Your Own Personal Roadmap from Doubt to Fear. So welcome, 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 Anne. We're so excited Thank to have you. you here. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, you have really, you have taken a big, big bite out of the apple when you start talking about decisions. We <laughs> all have them. What am I going to do? Some people just get absolutely stuck with the with the doubt thing. You know, they can't make oh. a decision. They change their minds 15 times. I've worked it's with so those <laughs> And you kind of wonder why they do that. You know, what is it? What unique them? And and you can feel people when they start kind of going through that cycle. If you have a friend who's, should I should I stay in the relationship? Should I not stay in the relationship? Or should I stay in the job? Should I not stay in the job? Or maybe you've done it yourself, right? But that that cycle of going around and around in circles. And it's painful to watch, and it's even more painful to do yourself. <laughs> yes, yes, I've had some of those. But do people have as much, um, as difficult a time making a decision for the small decisions as well as for the big ones? Or is it primarily um, with larger, life-changing decisions versus what do we have for supper versus do I get a divorce? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Two, well, two very so, different. They seem really different. And and the interesting thing is, is that the process that you use to make a decision is actually largely the same, whether you're deciding whether or not to, to uh, or what to have for dinner or whether or not to stay in a relationship. It's basically the, the process that you as an individual use to make choices is the same. And it's the same process that you were born with. You've had this since birth. And this is the way it's a it's the way that you think, and and sometimes that process that you have is going to be you know more blown out, um, and and when you end up with a decision, you know, so it's going to take you longer because you're just going to go through it a little bit more methodically, but um, sometimes the decisions that you make you're going to feel great about, and when you do, you've used your process really effectively, and then mm-hmm. sometimes your decisions you feel not so great about, right? You, those are the ones where you you start to have regrets or you get stuck in the decision. And those are the ones where your process, you got, you got held up your process and didn't work for you. You didn't, you did something in the process went wrong. And that's mm-hmm. when doubt creeps in. That's when you start struggling. You start going through that cycle of falling into the decision and falling out of the decision. So it's, if it's dinner or if it's, a, if it's some huge decision like a relationship or a house or a job, it, it, it's the same either way. You can end up unable to decide what to order. You can end up unable to decide what to do with these big, in these big life choices. Mm-hmm. Now, does my personality and what we're going to, you're going to talk about this soul type that there yeah. we each seem to fall into a category of soul type. Does that depend, <clears throat> let me say, let me think about this. Does that refer to um, simple questions like, you know, I could care less about dinner, all right? And, right. But it's just right. me. But I had the same same sort of feeling even when I was married. It wasn't that important decision. So I, I didn't really take time. I didn't re, 
have doubt mm-hmm. about it. I didn't vacillate. But if it was something that was really important about a budget item or something like that, I would take much longer. And so okay. is that pretty common or well, does that know, depend anything, upon the soul type? Well, I think anytime that there's more consequences attached to a decision, you're going to pause and take more time. So you can say which of the decisions that you spend more time on, the things that have consequences are yes. meatier decisions. That, and those are you're going to maybe take more time and second-guess yourself. But at the, end, at the end of the day, what I'm looking at is how do you feel about the decision that you made? So do you feel great about it? Do you love your decision? Do you feel super confident about it? Or are you unsure? Do you think maybe you could have chosen something better? Do you feel like um, maybe that was not the right choice to make, right? Or maybe you're not sure. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. And that's that, that doubt. That's what we're trying to avoid. And certainly if it's a decision that has a lot of consequences attached to it, we can mm-hmm. overthink things. We can be overcautious or we can overthink or we, we, it can throw us off of our, of our stride, if you know what I mean. Um, right. But it's not necessarily all of them. Sometimes you make a, a big weighty decision and you do it just perfectly and you come out and you're like, oh my gosh, I love that choice. I'm super happy. So that's great mm-hmm. when you do. <laughs> but um, <laughs> We would all like those. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what we're shooting for. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about the flow of making decisions. Yeah. You know, getting into the flow, which I love yeah. that word. I mean, it just, it just says calm and happy and flow just yeah. easy to me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's that idea of flow is, is the idea when everything is working with you. So, so the opposite of flow is resistance. So it's sort of like when you're trying to get something done and nothing is going your way, right? Everything is, things, things are broken, your computer won't print, you know, you get yes. stuck in traffic, you know, when everything seems to be working against you and it's 10 times harder to get it done. And flow yeah. is the opposite of that. Flow is when everything's just happening smoothly, when the resources that you need, the person that you needed to talk to just happens to show up in front of you in line at the coffee bar, you know? Oh, I it's love things. Yes, and, and when that happens, you feel supported by the universe. You feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm having a fantastic day. You know, how do we get and stay in that, in that feeling of flow where it feels like we're just, you know, going down the river and everything we need is riding right along with us? Um, and the thing that pulls us out of that experience, if you're in flow, the thing that pulls you out is doubt, right? Is when you start to experience doubt, doubt is creating resistance and resistance is the opposite of flow. So to get back into flow, we need to get away from doubt and, and, Mm -hmm. and remove that resistance, remove the feeling of resistance so that you can feel more flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you you talk in your book, which is just fascinating, and I really recommend to all of my listeners that they get your book, and we're going to tell them how to do that on a website that you have, but um, you talked about just the mechanics of making a decision, um, how you can move through that process with ease and more confidence. Yes, yeah. the, so there is, in terms of the process that you're using, and that's the thing I think that's really important to, to think about as we're talking about decisions, that um, a lot of us think that when you make a decision, what matters is, what matters most is the specific thing that you're choosing. And I think we get really whacked around the axle around this idea of perfect, making the perfect choice, of picking the perfect thing. 
And yeah. we're a little hard on ourselves about that, you know, where we think, oh, well, if, well there's going to be of all these things I'm choosing, there's one right answer. And if I don't pick it, then I did a bad job, right? Then I, was, I wasn't smart enough or careful enough or thoughtful enough or whatever I had to be to figure mm-hmm. out what was the right choice. That's and, so true. Yeah. And we really beat ourselves up. Yeah, and, and the truth of the matter is, or think about this, this is kind of mind-bending, but it, it's really helpful to understand, is that every choice, since you're picking between three different things, every one of those has different strengths and weaknesses, right? They're going to have certain things about it that's great and certain things about it that aren't, no matter mm-hmm. what it is that you're choosing from. Same thing with people. People have strengths and weaknesses, right? It's just the nature of things. They all have good things and bad things. And so any one of the three things that you're looking at could make you equally happy. And the thing that makes the difference isn't trying to discern what's the best thing. It's not what you choose. What makes the difference is how you choose it. It's the process Mm -hmm. that you're using that determines whether or not the choice that you make is successful. And this is something Mm -hmm. we, we don't realize. We don't think about it. But think about this, is that if your thoughts are powerful, right, your energy, your ability to manifest what it is that you want to create in the world. If that's mm-hmm. the power, that's, that's what's going to make things work. And if mm-hmm. your energy is kind of spread out all over the place, it's kind of like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that, it's pointing in 50 different directions. There's no energy to point towards the thing you want to work. But if you make a choice and you're 100% bought into that choice, if you've gone through a process where you really harness all of your creative energy and put it in the direction of this one choice that you're making, all of your creative energy, your ability to manifest, is going into that decision, and it's going to make it succeed. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's the, and the process is the process that you're using that does that for you. It's the actual thinking pattern that you're using, the energy that you're putting into it that's creating your success. So it's a lot less to do with what you pick and a whole lot more to pick to do with how you do it, how you pick it, how you choose. So that's mm-hmm. just, it, it's funny to get away from that thought of, of I just got to keep looking till I find the right thing and then it's going to jump out at me and I'll know, you know, I'll know <laughs> the right answer. <laughs> but it, it's not like you almost have this somewhere. statement. See, I shouldn't have made this yeah. decision. I yeah. should have made this decision. Right. You know, and it's yeah. like that. It is like the more rocks you look under trying to find the right thing, the more confused you get. So, mm-hmm. so it's to go back to go back inside, go back to yourself, and go back to your own decision process. And it's it really is you are the thing that's making your choices successful. You're the key ingredient, and it's how you think, how you're going about your process that's going to make the difference. Hmm. So, how committed and how sold we are on the decision right it it matters go ahead is a major um yeah factor in major factor in the way that we're going to be successful in that decision yeah absolutely and and it is in terms of of you know how you become committed or how you get away from that feeling of doubt that's going to be different for each of us depending on our soul type. We talked that you mentioned that earlier that each of mm-hmm. us has our own specific soul type. There are seven different soul types, and your soul type talks about how you are creative in the world and how you particularly manifest, and it comes out through your decisions. So if we look at the, the process that you're using for making decisions, it talks, we, we learn that by learning your soul type, then we can figure out the, not only what gifts you need to express in order to feel fulfilled, but also how, what your process, what that decision process is 
that you have. Mm-hmm. And, and here's what's funny. Most of us are completely unaware of our decision process. It's, it's, a, it's like right. looking at, it's like breathing. We do it all the time, and we never think of it. We're doing it since birth. And, and everybody comes out with a particular way that they, that they make decisions. If you think about, like, I've got two children. If you've had children or been around children, you know that from the moment they come out, they have a way of going about things. I have a son who was very cautious and who would sort of walk around the fountain for a half hour before he finally drummed up the courage to put his hand in, you know. And then I had a da- daughter who was, was immediate. I could barely get her into her swimsuit before she was tearing off right into the middle of it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and that's and that's how they were born. That's just how they came out, and that's their soul type. And it's talking about how they how they come at the problem. And but we are we don't see our own soul type. And in fact, we think everybody makes decisions the same way that we do. You know, we think right. that, that oh, I, this is just how it's done. Well, it's not. It's unique to you. It's how you do it. And if you start to see it, once you start to see yourself, well, then that that's clarity. That's self awareness. And it starts to make you aware of what you're doing. It starts to, you start to see your own magic, and you start to see when you're not using it well. You start to see when it starts to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've caught myself um, uh, when I w- was married. My husband was very uh, methodical, very deep thinker. It took oh, time yeah. in making decisions, and I, of course, was the opposite. I made my decisions very quickly. Uh, Usually they were (laughs) (laughs) emotion-based. Am I describing myself? And um, at times I would think, well, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you're so right. We that perfect. I want to be perfect. I don't want to make a mistake. Comes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, even in decision making, I'd never oh. related that to decision making before. <laughs> and I really had. It's very interesting to me. Yeah, no, keep... it's really true. And I think we we do beat ourselves up, and we do think, oh well, I, if you see another person who comes at decisions differently, and you think like if your husband's much more methodical and thoughtful, you think, wow, if I'm not going through his process, I'm doing it wrong, right? Yes. Because he's being so careful, and he must be really smart, and maybe I'm not. You know what I mean? You just start measuring and comparing because that's what we do. We compare, and but the truth is, is that if you did it his way, you wouldn't. You would be ignoring your own gift. Is that you wouldn't be, and we have the capability to learn other people's process and to bend ourselves and to adapt and become flexible. As a matter of fact, you have one core soul type, but most of us become more flexible over time and we start to learn the skills of one or two other soul types and we pull in yeah. aspects of those. But mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're not really relying and using and, and engaging in your own process, your own, your own soul type, your own gifts, then it's really hard to feel fulfilled, and you're not taking advantage of your intuition because that's where your intuition resides is in that in that natural mm-hmm. process of your own soul type. So it really yeah. cuts you off from your own power. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> can you use your soul um, type and bring on like okay, like sometimes instead of I'll buy a blouse we'll make this pretty simple i'll go to the store i like the blouse i want to buy the blouse i'll buy the blouse now in an effort to have some uh, budget i try to delay that buying of the blouse which is taking (laughs) on a totally different 
it's much it's really hard for me to do <laughs> yeah so it, how do you, you know. delay it so do you put it on hold or do you, do you no i just try to come back the next day oh. <laughs> when the store opens <laughs> And what happens then? Do you between the between one day and the next? Do you still want the blouse, or do you buy it, or do you not oh, come yes. back? What do you do? I, oh yes, I never change my mind. Okay, that's, that's the frustration. <laughs> I'm adding jobs to my life. <laughs> so anyway, but that's, we all have those. Well, well, um, you have a wonderful offer that can help people identify. Because I know there are people going out there, I wonder what I am. I wonder what I am. Yes. So you have this wonderful um, opportunity for people to find out what type of soul decision maker they are um, on your website. Yes. Um, and you might want to talk about this website. Yeah, sure. Liz so, uh- yeah, well, so there's two different websites, but the one to find out your soul type is the same name as the book. It's undoubtedlyawesome.com, undoubtedlyawesome.com. If you go there, there is a survey on the site. It's absolutely free. Um, uh, it, you, it, it literally, it takes three questions, and it'll tell you your soul type, and it'll give you a short description of what it is. And the description it's going to give you is additional information from what's in the book. So if you have the book, it's still fun to go and take the survey because you'll get a little bit of extra info. But um, it'll get, get you started in terms of understanding what your soul type is and what, your, what some of those gifts are that your soul type brings you. Mm-hmm. And in the book, you tell us how to work with those, with our soul yes. type. Yes, I yes. do. Yeah. So, and, that's, and that's really the key is looking at what, uh, if you think about a problem, when, when, we, when we approach problems, um, if you think about a problem as uh, like a seven-sided shape, Right, and each one of those sides has a door in it. So there's seven different mm-hmm. doors. Each of us gets one key to one of those doors. This is our favorite way into a problem. So whenever we walk up to a problem, that key is our soul type, right? Every time mm-hmm. we walk up to a problem, we're going to go look for our favorite door, and that's our way into the problem. So some of us are way into the problem. Some of us are really, really great at figuring out figuring out the problem, right? Coming up with a, a solution. Some of us are better at figuring out the plan. We're better at planning and strategy. Some of us are really great at getting people aligned. And then other people are really great at creating momentum, getting us started, generating action. Right? And those are all different aspects of different soul types. So, And depending on where you are in the problem, what part of this you're trying to solve, if you bring your own soul type energy, that's, that's what you're contributing. So say, for example, mm-hmm. that you are an amazing problem solver. That's the gift that you need to bring to bear when you come at the problem. That's your particular. And you can do all aspects, right? You can do all of these things, but the place where you're going to really shine is in that one particular door that belongs to your soul type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we had mentioned yesterday that you would choose, we could do that example with me. Yeah, would yeah. Would you like you to do, do that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, now, y'all be kind out there listening. <laughs> very I'm brave. a good soul. Very brave. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, to figure out your soul type, we just take, like I said, three short questions. So, tell me first, and I know you mentioned it already, if in general, do you make decisions more uh, quickly or slowly than other people? You said before that you are faster than others. Is that right? I do. I make decisions pretty Fast quick. Fast decisions. 
So great. So in general, um, uh, when you're going, if you're going to go to the grocery store and run into someone that you know, and you're going to tell a story about your day, are you going to just tell the facts and the details? Or are you going to talk about your feelings as well? Tell them how you feel about it, how it affected you, um, and share more. Which one is more like you? Well, I, I'm, I'm probably the first one that I'm. I talk about the whole thing, my feelings. I tend to. I want to say that I'm more like the second, the other answer. But probably I'd tell the whole story. You're more tell you include the personal aspects? I do. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. So then now tell me between these two choices, which one you're gonna like both, but which one interests you most? Are you more interested in finding new solutions to problems? So do you really enjoy puzzling through and coming up with new ideas? Or do you more enjoy communicating and influencing others? Which one is most appealing to you? I love to solve problems. Solve problems, all right. Yes. Okay, perfect. So what that tells me is that you are what I call an optimizing soul. And what that means is that um, the particular gift that you bring is that you can think completely outside the box, that you are a true uh, uh, innovator, Um, and that you can see solutions that aren't available or apparent on the surface. And it's because you're able to think in a very nonlinear way. So rather than going A, B, C, D, like most people, you probably go A, F, G, 2. And mm-hmm. you, you'll see this thing in your mind. So when you come across a problem, you will all of a sudden, your intuition will come in like a, like a flash, like a vision. And you'll have an idea, and you'll be able to see it so clearly in your own mind. And it's like it's already finished, like you're living in that future reality immediately. Does that, does that resonate for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and and when that happens, you may not know how you're going to connect all those dots. You might know how you get from A to Z to, to Q to two, but you do see the finished product, and you're like, "No, this is going to be awesome! I can't wait! I'm already living it." Um, and you might have a hard time explaining it to other people because they're they're mm-hmm. trying to think about it A B C D, and I have no idea how you're going to do that. But in your right. mind, it's clear as can be. So in your decision process, so so the gift that this does for you is what it does is it allows you to come up with, to recombine existing things in totally new and original ways. So the the words that describe you best are ones that start with the letter R-E, rethink, redesign, reimagine, remodel. You probably would love to to renovate a house. Yeah, in fact, I think you told me that you're remodeling your bathroom right now. I am the remodel queen. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yes. So, and that right. is very consistent with your soul type, is that, that ability, and you probably had a beautiful vision for how it was going to look before you even started. So, mm-hmm. so this is all part of the gift that you're bringing, and it really is, you're a problem solver, but the gift that you bring is this, this ability to really innovate and come up with new and original solutions. So your decision process supports your gift. So for mm-hmm. you, because you because you're you're what you what you need to do in terms of expressing your gift is coming up with these original these original ideas, these original manifestations, is right. is you spend less time in the decision process itself. So whereas most okay. people will go through they'll you know enter into a decision and they'll go through and they'll weigh a bunch of options like your husband does, right? He would go through mm-hmm. and think about this one or that one and compare and contrast and do a bunch of research. That would be just anathema to you. That would be t- torture. 
So what you would do instead <laughs> is you would just... And I'm going to have to stop you here because I don't oh, want to miss one absolutely. minute of this. But we have, do have to go to a break. And yes. I have questions, all sorts of questions popping up in my mind. But this is, was fascinating to me to be able to find, to identify my soul um, type so that I can put better sense to my thinking process. So we are going to be back shortly and continue with Anne's discussion of my type. And I encourage you to go find out your type. And we will give you that information when we come back. And it is the name of her awesome new book. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Our guest today is Ann Tucker, and Ann has authored her book, Undoubtedly Awesome, which is her, I mean, your own personal roadmap from doubt to flow when making decisions, and we all make decisions. So, Anne, we just discovered that my thinking process or my soul thinking process is the optimizer correct? exactly yes optimizing soul type yeah right. and so and we were saying that your uh to, to 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 follow up on how your process supports these gifts that you have these a gift to be this original out-of-the-box thinker is mm-hmm. that rather than going through a lot of comparison like another soul type like like what your husband might do what you yep. would do is um, is that you would have this flash of inspiration, and you would have the visualization of what it is you want to want to want to do, and then you'll go through. Um, you kind of take a shortcut. Is rather than doing full research, what you'll do is you'll kind of go out and you'll look for just a couple pieces of confirming information. So you'll just look and mm-hmm. see: is this possible? Right? Is it at all possible? And if you can get a couple yeses, yes, it's possible. You're off and running. You're already right. in the process of. So, yeah. so what you yes. don't do is the full. <laughs> And, and that's a beautiful thing because what it does, that shortcut, um, it keeps you out of that comparison stage that most people go through. So you don't doubt your visions as much as other people might because you spend mm-hmm. less time on that front end going through comparison. However, 
what can happen is that you may be halfway there already, you know, buying that blouse you're talking about and have at home, and then all of a sudden realize, oh, my gosh, there's something I didn't think about. Or there's some mm. piece of information that I should have considered that I didn't, and now I'm experiencing regret or I'm having doubt or whatever it may be. So it's, it's in the same way your process enables your gift, but it also mm-hmm. opens you up to the experience of doubt. Okay, um, that brings up other thoughts. I was in corporate America f- for um, most of my early seven, eight years, ten years. Yeah, um, yeah. And... Um, I found that in corporate, my type of thinker wasn't um, always rewarded because I didn't, right. I wasn't methodical, I wasn't linear in my thinking process. Right, right. And that, you know what, it's a really tough thing. What do you do if your soul type isn't supported in your workplace, right? If your workplace yeah. is looking for something different. And here's what's interesting. In the same way that, that each individual has their own soul type, each company has a soul type, if you can imagine, that the oh companies my. take on, yes, they take on a personality in a way. And sometimes if you have a strong founder, that'll be the same soul type or the same personality as the founder, right? They take on a lot of the aspects of the founder. So, so if you're working, uh, I think you mentioned, Boris, you were working at IBM, um, oh, which, is, which is going to be that, the soul type of, of that company is going to be a lot more like your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be much more linear, uh, rational, deep thinker, heavy on the research. And so, and that happens to be opposite your soul type. And so mm-hmm. it's very common, but that's not the case with every company. Not every company is like that. If you're in a, a different company, um, they're going to emphasize, say, for example, you're in the healthcare sector, or if you're working uh, for a, a big um, consumer organization like a Walmart or something like that, mm-hmm. they're going to have a different emphasis. You're going to see some companies are much more focused on how can I uh, develop my people, right? How can I create great leaders within my company? That's a totally mm-hmm. different approach. Um, uh, so, so finding in terms of really feeling supported at your work, can you find a company where your type, where your soul type is supported, um, is a fabulous thing. But I'm thinking, also, I'm yeah. thinking one area, um, and that is, you know, I'm a coach and yeah. the entrepreneur area would be one okay. that yeah, would absolutely. like me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially because you're able to move quickly and you can be responsive to change. So it would be very, very successful for you. And the fact that you have these original ideas. So you'd be great at, at, uh, you know, coming up with new, new ideas and trying to bring those out into into the world. Um, Mm. And same thing with any kind of, any kind of creative um, output. so media companies would be great. Well, here you are. You have a radio station, a radio show. Right. So, um, but there's, there's, but it, but it really, it, you can find companies and leaders. Every there has been every soul type has been in the White House, has been president of the country. So it's not necessarily really? by industry. Yeah. So every soul type had are CEOs of companies. They're all presidents. They're all we all all the gifts that we have. We can be as successful as we want to be. So the trick is in terms of 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 uh, finding the right fit for you in terms of expressing your gifts. It's really about, you know, what stage the company is at. Are your gifts, your stage of problem solving, is it valued and needed in that company? And Mm -hmm. keep in mind that we can also bend and adapt, that that every one of us has one soul type that is our natural thing. But you probably have characteristics from one or two others as well. 
So it's yeah. possible for you to be in a company that is not your exact soul type, but is one that you're comfortable in, that you feel at home in, but you're able to bring this other gift that other people don't have. You're able to bring your originality and your out-of-the-box thinking so you shine, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it mm-hmm. is, is, But if you're in a company where you really feel like you are a fish out of water, you probably are. <laughs> yes, yes. I've felt that way before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, <clears throat> I really want to encourage my listeners out there to go to your website undoubtedlyawesome.com and take this test or it's not a test it's a survey excuse me we don't want that negative image there right. <clears throat> take There's the no survey <laughs> yes it's not a test it's a get to right. know yourself which is exactly. what we all want clarity we want who we are where we're going what we want and we want to be using our tools that we really are our strengths so that we can shine. I love that word. Yeah. Shine. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yes. So I encourage them. And then there's a description, correct, about their type. Um, yes. Yeah. So the website will give them, it's a brief description, but it'll give them an introduction. So it'll tell them a little bit about their strengths and it'll mm-hmm. tell them uh, what kind of. Uh, uh, work is going to be fulfilling for them. But if they, and that's, it's slightly different from what's in the book. So then if the, the book is complementary and goes in much more into depth about what your soul type means, uh, what your decision process looks like. And that's really key. Um, understanding the process. Remember earlier in the call, we were talking about, about how your process is so important, understanding your process. Um, and that's because, you know, what matters, whether or not you're happy with your choice, it matters less what you pick. What matters is how you choose it. And that how is your process. So once you learn your process, you start to learn, boy, I've made a decision I feel great about. You use your process well. When you make a decision you don't feel great about, it's because you didn't use your process well. Something happened in your process. Something went wrong. And you start to be able to spot it. You start to be able to notice. Like for myself now, when I work against myself, when I start going down the wrong path, I know what I'm doing. And I can Um, see it before it happens. I can say, oh, my gosh, I'm doing that thing again. I know what I'm doing. I start to become self-aware, and I can mm -hmm. correct it. I know know what to do to get myself back on track so that I I feel much better about the choices that I make, and I'm better able to harness my own creative energy. So it, it really is about how do we how do we manifest what we want in the world, and it mm-hmm. is how do you use your, your process to do that. You told me, you shared a, a wonderful story. I think we all had these situations. I just bought a house. I, you know, I've had more remodeling than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, you shared uh, the property that you bought. You Would you like right. to share that? Because it's so typical. Yes, oh, my God. It we is. all make these, <laughs> and you're the expert here. <laughs> no, it's terrible. So, and that's the thing is, is being self-aware is one thing, but what self-awareness does is it gives you the tools to get yourself back on track when things go wrong, you know, and things went wrong for me when we bought this vacation property. My husband and I um, bought this really lovely piece of property. It has a house on it, but the house was a wreck, right? A really, I mean, truly a wreck. And uh, we bought it, and then almost immediately after buying it, we kind of looked at each other, and we said, okay, we both have busy careers. We have four kids. What were we thinking? <laughs> you know, this is crazy. And, <laughs> and You have no time. <laughs> <laughs> no time to do this. And it's, yes, it's yeah. a beautiful vision, but oh, my gosh, how could we get there? 
And so we mm-hmm. just were really struggling. And we would go back and forth. We'd drive down and we'd stand at the property and we'd fall in love with it again. And then we'd go home and we'd look at all our busy lives and say, this is crazy. And we would fall in and out of the decision over and over and over again. And each time we did that, it's like emotional churn. It takes all of your creative energy and just pitters it away. So you don't have energy left to then actually pursue forward progress. Because every time you take a step forward, you start doubting it, you lose mm-hmm. momentum. So we were really spinning in circles, and I could see this happening. I could see us going in and out and seeing all that energy being being wasted. So we decided, okay, enough of that. So what we did to cure ourselves (laughs) (laughs) is we decided to get emotionally invested in the project. So we started out, I drew up floor plans, and we started really envisioning what the house was going to look like. We got our architect on board, started drawing it up and making it real. And then we uh, bought a, a like a little portable hibachi, and we invited some <laughs> friends and family over, and we hosted like an impromptu barbecue uh, on our wreck of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I had some friends over in lawn chairs and the whole thing, but it made it feel like home. And it made a really big difference, and it got us re-engaged in the project and the vision of the house. And it, it really made a difference. And that's the kind of thing you can do is when you start to see yourself falling out of love with your choice, how can you mm. recover it? How can you get back on track? Yeah, yeah, good example. Well, <laughs> um, there's something that you have, a new adventure that you have also uh, begun, and I want to spend some time talking about that, and that's called Wisdom Soup. So tell us yes. about your your dream of Wisdom Soup, because you had a Thanks. big decision in, in transferring to this. Oh, my gosh, did I ever, yes. Wisdom Soup is, so and thank you for asking, Wisdom Soup mm-hmm. is, um, it's my current, it's a thing I'm focusing all my energy on at the moment, and it is an online social learning community for spirituality and personal growth. And it was a big decision for me uh, about a year ago. I, you know, I, up until now, I have been, up until then, um, I had been uh, a, an executive coach working with, mm-hmm. with leaders, and, uh, and that has been fantastic for me. It's a beautiful, wonderful career and, and something that I had a lot of misgivings about leaving behind. Because it's something mm. I've worked hard to develop, and objectively, it's a, it, it is. I, I was very fortunate to have the work that I had, but mm. I really felt called to do this. But the, the decision to make this just the shift was hard to make. You can imagine I went back and forth, and yeah. I had to work with myself to get to that place where yeah. no, this is what I'm doing. And um, but now, uh, so wisdom soup is. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It is, the idea behind it is, is, you know when people will start down this process of learning about themselves, and it can be really hard to figure out where to go, what to do next. You might find a teacher that you love or a coach that you love and you work with them, but then you get to a point where you realize you need something, you need more, you need to go to the next step, and it's really unclear what's next. That there's no organization to the whole fear, this whole idea of personal growth. There's uh, There's no organization or logic to it. So if we end up kind of drifting, like, like we're like little hermit crabs. We go along until we find a new shell, and we go into that one, right? And you go along mm-hmm. until you bump into the next shell. So it's really unorganized. Right. And if you think about how we go about regular school, it's not like that at all, right? When you go when you're taking math classes, you go algebra, geometry. You know, there's this logical procession. And why shouldn't personal growth be the same way? So that one concept can build into the next. And that's what I've done with Wisdom Soup is I've laid it out over 12 months, and I've put it into five discrete steps. I call it the five-step process to speed up serendipity. 
And in each month, I'm bringing in, in a, a different teacher. They're the best teachers going, and they have really practical processes and techniques to share. And it takes you all the way from the beginning where we're starting to work with your energy, working through your intentions, your beliefs, all the way through to the end where you're developing your intuition and getting connected. So it's a pretty awesome process. And you can find it at it's wisdomsoup.com is the website. And it's very economical, really. I think. It's, yeah, it is a, an amazing value, actually. It's nine ninety nine a month. So it, it, yes. is, it is truly an amazing value because what you're getting for that is, is just a group clearing alone with energy healer Jackie Bean is worth a fortune. So it's mm-hmm. just, and you're talking about a full, you know, the, the, yeah, it's, it's a huge value. So I think that people will be surprised at how much they're getting. Well, I made my decision very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I'm part of that community because I think uh, you're right. There needs to be a tool there for uh, moving us through and forward in our careers. And yeah. I think this is a great step that you've done here for oh, thank you so much. Uh, other entrepreneurs and professionals out there as well. Yeah. So in the book, yeah. why did you decide... I know this this is a combination of your your work with the gray matter partners or why did you right. decide this book needed to be written? Oh gosh, do you know it's interesting how this book evolved. Is it it came out of my work as a leadership coach is it was is if you could imagine I had the absolute perfect test lab to understand all of this information is that what I was doing is I would go in and I would, I would interview my coachee and then I would, I'd find out their perspective on themselves, how they saw themselves. And then I would do what I called a 360 interview where I would talk to everyone around them and I would get to see them from every angle and I would see everyone else's perspective of their strengths and weaknesses. And then I would do that over and over and over and over again with tons of different people. And I started to see patterns emerge, right? I started to see, and I started to recognize that, oh, these strengths go with these weaknesses and it, it became it was, this model just kind of it just kind of came out of nowhere where all of a sudden I just saw this is how this is how it works and I began to see the causality of all of it so it was really my work with gray matters that that made this possible that made me see it so and mm-hmm. then I started using this as a primary tool in our firm and with my clients um, using this to work with teams, work with individuals. So it, it just began. And so then when I went to go write the book, it was really funny. I was starting to feel this desire to move more into spirituality and personal growth. And I wrote, I wrote the first version of this book, and I wrote it in my business voice. And it was terrible. <laughs> like, it was so boring. <laughs> it was horrible. I and understand. I, I, I'm right. I know what you're doing. <laughs> and I had to scratch the whole thing and start over again because, and this was part of my growth process of stepping into this new role. And so I went back to the drawing board and I started over again from scratch and I wrote it as if I was talking to a friend, you know, and I, and I made it very personal and I shared a lot of my own stories and, uh, and it took on a whole life of its own. And it, it mm. flowed very easily and very naturally. So, so the process of writing the book was really an important step for me in stepping away from the consulting and moving into doing Wisdom Soup, which I really feel is my calling. So, so it was a, definitely a part of my growth and, and something I'm really excited to share with people. Because i got to tell you, once you understand the content in this book, you can't see yourself the same from that point forward. It's all of a sudden, it's like, it's like something that was hidden from you becomes clear. 
And mm-hmm. the process to understand your soul type is so simple that you can easily figure out the soul types of everybody you know. You can figure out your family. And I'm to the point now, I walk into a cocktail party and I know everybody's soul type. (laughs) 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 I have a question about that interview process. When you go in and you would interview a corporate leader, um, would they be aware? I get get it that you would interview him and then you would interview three people around him that he interacts with. Yes. Was he aware or were they usually surprised at some of the feedback that I'm sure you gave to them and the way they were seen in by the people that were other with- people? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And some of that is, is in, and it's really a tricky thing when you're doing those interviews is you have to really read between the lines because people don't always express in oh, words no, what it is that, that they're lost. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and so, you know, when it was, if it was confusing, I would do more interviews and get get a broader picture. But, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, it certainly they would be surprised because everybody is the hero in their own internal story. You know, we all mm-hmm. see see what we're doing from our own perspective, and so to see it from other people's perspectives, and sometimes sometimes they would see strengths where where the coach he was wasn't wasn't even aware of a value that they were contributing and then sometimes it would be well here's something you're doing that's being perceived very negatively and so it, yeah it, it's all it can be very surprising um and and a lot of times it would be very welcome most of the time be very welcome information because it, it helps to to give clarity so there'd be times when there would be conflict that mm-hmm. people would would be reading the wrong motives onto each other they would start to think this person is really um, they don't like me. They're not sharing information with me. They're a really poor communicator. And once we got into understanding what was going on, and it usually came down to soul type, it would be, no, this person isn't those things. They're just, they solve problems differently from how you do it. They're not, the yes. reason they're not sharing a plan with you is because they don't actually have a plan. They don't work that way. <laughs> not because they're a bad communicator, because they, they work differently than you do. So yeah. you know, it, it was really, it could be really, really helpful for people. Yeah. yeah, I I also appreciated in the book the way you um, address the commitment of the decision making, and you, your example yeah. was in marriages. Oh um, my gosh! Yeah, mm-hmm. that it, it is how we in this day of day and time we're so cautious about marriages. Will they last? Will they not last? And and all of this is um um. A, we tend to hold back rather yeah. than f- fully commit. And I found that very, very interesting. It's really true. And it, it, it's a funny thing. When people think about making a decision, they think that most of us think that the decision, it happens in an instant. They think that the major work of decision-making happens on the front end when you're weighing your options and trying to decide this thing or that thing, and then there's a moment where they decide, and maybe that decision looks like they hand over their credit card or they turn left instead of right, right? There's whatever action they Mm -hmm. take. They think, oh, I'm done. I've decided. I'm finished. But the truth Mm -hmm. is is that that's one-third of the process, (laughs) and it's not Mm -hmm. even the most important third. (laughs) So a lot of times people think they've made a decision and they are never finished their decision. And and the truth is, to really complete a decision, it takes three steps. It takes making that commitment that you just made, the one where you made, you know, handed over your credit card or whatever it is that you did. And then okay. step two is you have to give up your alternatives. And this is something that people are sometimes really reluctant to do. So it can be, you know, if you, if you had, um, you know, plan B in your pocket, if you're planning on 
uh, if you've got, you know, in terms of you've got three things you're choosing between and you're, you're sort of hanging on to, uh, you know, in a relationship that you're hanging on to, to an old flame or, or still mm-hmm. sending greeting cards to your ex or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you haven't fully committed to your choice. And step mm-hmm. three is burning your bridges. And that gets to what we're talking about, about, and, you know, I mentioned it in the, in the book about, about marriage. A lot of people are, are, think it's very prudent to have a premarital agreement. And it is mm-hmm. prudent, right? It's, it's, but what it's doing is it's giving you a way out of a painless or much less painful way out of a marriage. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and there was a, the burning your bridges, that phrase came from, uh, uh, is, you know, very ancient um, general who he was writing, uh, he was going to be battling a group of Huns, and he had to march his troops across this river, and they were going to go into battle. And he wanted to make sure that his men didn't get fearful and turn around and run away. So he built these float bridges to go across the bridge, go across the water, and then as soon as all of his troops were across, he burnt the bridges <laughs> so that mm. nobody could around and go back. So that they would be fully yeah. committed. They knew there was no escape. They had to fully commit and fight their hardest. And it's the same thing when you make choices, is that if you buy that blouse you were talking about, you take it home and you leave the tags on. Right, and then you think, oh well, I'm going to leave the tags on in case I change my mind. And when you do that, you're you're leaving yourself mid decision. You haven't fully committed. You're constantly looking at it, saying, oh well, I could still take it back. Maybe I'll stop at this other store and see if there's a blouse I like better because I mm-hmm. can always take the other one back. Right, mm-hmm. and it leaves you. Right. The real thing is, it's it's mental and emotional. Are you still in the middle of the decision process? Are you still considering other options or not? And the reason mm-hmm. it's so important is that when you're mid-process, you are in this process of comparison. You're saying, is this one better or is this one better? And same thing in relationships, is that if you're in a relationship and you're, you're in that comparison mode where you're not fully committed, you're going to be looking at your partner, and then you're going to be looking at the, the you, know, movie, you know, movie star on screen saying, well, he's not as cute as Brad Pitt. But <laughs> you know, you're going to be going through that process of comparing all the time. And mm-hmm. once you fully commit to something, once you go through that three steps of, of the commitment, and then giving up your alternatives and burning your bridges, what happens is you all of a sudden it switches, uh, like it, it, it turns a switch in your brain where you start to think about things differently. And rather than looking at which one is, you know, which one is better comparing between things, all of a sudden you start to look for what's better about the thing mm-hmm. that I pick. And you start mm-hmm. to set it apart yeah. and you, you look for the benefits of the thing that you chose. So it, it literally is, it, it is dissecting the mental process of falling in love. And it shows you this is how this is how you fall in love. This is what love looks like. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is mm-hmm. a process of 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 starting to look for what's right with the thing that you chose. Mm-hmm. Yes. We need that on a big board, don't we? Look for oh, what's for right. sure. And it and it applies to every little decision that you make. You know, it applies mm-hmm. to, you know, when you buy a new car and it, it's fascinating. Like you ever bought a car and then driven around, and then all of a sudden noticed all the other cars that were the same as yours on the road. And before, you know what I mean? And before that, you'd never noticed it. You never saw it. But all of a sudden, you start seeing all the other cars that are the same as yours. And that's that's this process that works. That's you falling in love with your choice. Because you start, your brain starts to process information differently. Once you've gone through this process of committing, giving up your alternatives, burning your bridges, and boy, it's a commitment. When you buy a car, you drive off that lot, that car is yours. And That's so true. you start noticing, all of a sudden you'll start noticing ads for your car. You'll hear them, oh my gosh, my car is being advertised on the radio or on TV or whatever. <laughs> you'll start hearing it. And it, all these little things start to reinforce, oh my gosh, I feel great about my car. And your brain starts to process the information differently. It's called select, selective update. 
And mm-hmm. they only your brain only picks up good information about the thing that you chose, and it literally ignores the bad information that might be out there. It starts not seeing it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's actually they've measured this, you know, by measuring your brain, right. they actually measured and shown that you will retain the good information and not even see that like twenty percent of the bad information. So it, it genuinely this is this is love. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is just this show has been so rewarding to me as an interviewer because the information you bring is so important to our lives. Our daily lives are changed by reading your book, which is undoubtedly awesome, and it's a roadmap. It's a roadmap, a personal roadmap from doubt to flow and to help make decisions an easier part of life because they are part of your life very much <laughs> so and I can't thank you enough I want people to go to un, uh, undoubtedlyawesome.com to take this survey get more information about who they are and read the description about who they are realizing that you will have a few other personality decision making facts in there as well but and thank you for your work thank you for this program you you started the wisdom soup which i think is a wonderful program as well so so yeah so your day is uh full of decisions (laughs) today you would not believe what i'm doing today i'm actually moving today from right. Seattle to San Diego. So I have my house. I'm surrounded by boxes at the moment. So <laughs> you are so committed. I, you are committed. I'm committed. I am mid decision. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I, I just hate to say goodbye because I've thoroughly enjoyed the time and I, I but oh, will stay connected you. through your wisdom suit.com. Thank program. you so, so much. I, I really yeah. appreciate it. It's been a wonderful, a wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Joyce. Thank you. So, as you can tell, we continue to grow every week by learning new things about who we are. Getting clarity, as you know, is a big, important subject for me. We must get clear to know who we are, to know where we're going, to fulfill our dreams, and to live that life that we all chose when we decided to come to Earth. So I encourage you to take the best action this week and love every bit of your life. Thank you for being with us tonight. It's been fun. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 